Two moms were caught shoplifting. But when the police arrived, they didn't get arrested. They got the surprise of their life. Hey, hey, hey! I wanna march my life away. Dance like I'm insane. Don't give a damn what they say. The Daily Detour. Headlines and entertainment on your schedule. Featuring music by our house band, Quickie. And now, your host... Dan Roberts. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. You have a lot of choices, and you picked this one. So just know it is appreciated. So two moms in Massachusetts were caught shoplifting at a stop-and-shop self-checkout. They were putting groceries in the bags, but they weren't scanning the groceries. And so potentially, they were about to make off with a ton of groceries, a ton of free groceries. So when Somerset, Massachusetts officer Matt Lima showed up at the stop-and-shop, the women knew what they had coming to them. Handcuffs, a ride in a squad car, and a little jail time, perhaps. And I'm sure they were upset and they were crying because as they told Officer Lima, uh, the women had fallen on hard times and were just trying to provide a Christmas dinner for their children, a Christmas dinner that they couldn't afford to pay for. And so instead of charging the women and hauling them into jail, Officer Lima did something surprising. He used his own money to buy $250 worth of grocery gift cards for the ladies. So a Merry Christmas for them and a Happy New Year going forward, we hope. Nice, right? Don't ever say that no one tells you the good police stories. Get them right here. Of course, if the officer had charged them and eaten Christmas dinner in front of them, I would have told you that too. Pull no punches. But that didn't happen because he was a good guy. He had the spirit of Christmas in his heart. Were they telling the truth? Did they deserve it? That's the chance he took. He believed their story. Sometimes that's good enough. It was a close call for them. You know, hopefully their situation improves. They won't feel like they have to steal or want to steal, or whatever the case may be. And having come so close to going to jail, maybe they'll think twice about it. But I don't know that people steal food for the thrill of it. You know, maybe you put an Amazon Alexa down your pants for the thrill of it or for greed or whatever. But food, I have to believe that's desperation. You feel like there's no other choice. Unless it's like Fat Albert. You, hey, hey, hey. You know, that guy's eating well. He does not need to be shoving more food down his pants. And if he did, you could bet America's dad, Bill Cosby, would be here to teach us the difference between right and wrong. Something like that happened. Of course, Bill's in prison these days. But you remember back on Bill Cosby and, and the or Fat Albert and the Cosby kids. Man, now he's like school in the summertime. How's that? No class. <laughs> well, now that story took an unexpected and unnecessary turn, didn't it? Such is the fun of the podcast. Today, I'll share a bit of my chat with uh, Jimmy Pardo, a great comedian and improvisational comic, and he hosts the Never Not Funny podcast, which you should definitely check out. It's kind of like morning radio, but with no filters, and they play a lot of games on there and stuff. And once a year, Jimmy does what he calls the Podcast-a-thon, uh, actually gets some big names to participate in this fundraiser for Smile Train, who help kids with cleft palates get surgery and feel good about smiling. Smile Train, get it? But we'll get to Jimmy in just a little bit. Right now it is time for Headline News. President Donald Trump is on tape pressing a Georgia official to find him votes. You can hear the audio for yourself. I'll provide a link in the episode description. Mr. Trump says he just wants to find 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have because we won the state. The recorded conversation is with Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, who said, President Trump, we've had several lawsuits and we've had to respond in court to the lawsuits and the contentions. We don't agree that you have won. 
And later on in the conversation, there seems to be kind of a veiled or not so veiled threat to Raffensperger from the president who says that he and uh, Ryan Germany, the Secretary of State's legal counsel, could be criminally liable if they failed to find that thousands of ballots in Fulton County had been illegally destroyed. But again, they found no evidence to support that claim. Would you find the uh, votes if the Tooth Fairy paid you a visit tonight, left some money under your pillow? You know what? I have all my adult teeth, sir. What if we punch them out before you go to bed tonight? No, I wouldn't like that, sir. Anyway, Trump is not alone in his effort to uh, overturn the election that went to Joe Biden. There are several Republicans who are siding with Trump and many more who are not. And so the party itself, the Republican Party, is becoming split with those agreeing that Joe Biden is the president-elect, saying that this whole business is undermining America's faith in democracy. The 2020 election is over, said a statement yesterday from a bipartisan group of 10 senators, including Republicans Susan Collins of Maine, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, Bill Cassidy of Louisiana, and Mitt Romney of Utah. At this point, further attempts to cast doubt on the legitimacy of the 2020 presidential election are contrary to the clearly expressed will of the American people and only serve to undermine Americans' confidence in the already determined election results. In other news, Dr. Anthony Fauci was on the ABC This Week program where he said that President-elect Joe Biden's pledge to administer 100 million shots of the coronavirus vaccine within his first 100 days in office is achievable. This as the U.S. death toll has climbed past 350,000, the most of any country, according to Johns Hopkins University. But Fauci says he's seen a glimmer of hope. Yes, at first I, I thought I had something in my eye, but it turned out to be hope. This thanks to the news that uh, an average of about 500,000 vaccinations are happening per day, which not in my area. Hopefully this week it gets started. You know, we got the vaccine like three weeks ago, and I think they're just going to start giving it to uh, frontline workers this week. And it just seems like we should have hit the ground running. But, you know, I don't I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I'm sure they have their reasons. I'm sure there's a reason. But it just feels slow. But hopefully that ramps up starting now. And I have a personal reason for being upset about it, which maybe I'll share, maybe I'll share with you later on this episode. For now, though, it is time to turn our attention to Holly Weird. I just like saying it that way. I live in Hollywood. I've never been especially fond of that word, Holly Weird, but I do like saying it like that. Weird. It's weird. You're weird. I know. Thankfully, uh, weirdness is currency these days. Be yourself. Be you. Let your freak flag fly. Don't let anybody tell you different. Well, it's officially 2021 now, but apparently we cannot uh, any longer start the year without some sort of Mariah Carey singing incident. This time it was not on Dick Clark's rockin' New Year's Eve with Ryan Seacrest or anything like that. She just decided to do a little acapella rendition of Auld Lang Syne on her social media feed, but she forgot the words. Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot I don't know how it goes. <laughs> and no warnings. I never could pronounce it properly. I love you. Happy New Year. Let's hope for a better, better days, better days in 2021 and beyond. So she botched it, but let's be honest. You and I could never forget the words because we never learned them in the first place, right? We all have trouble with that song, I think. 
Also wishing fans a happy new year. An unexpected message from the late Don Wells, Marianne from Gilligan's Island, who passed away last week, but pre-recorded herself standing outside in the sunshine, beautiful setting, drinking a glass of champagne. Mm. Happy 2021. Happy new year. Cheers. Be safe. The video ends with a dedication to Don Wells, saying, Now in the everlasting arms of eternal love, you will shine forever in our hearts. We thank you for sharing yourself with us. The world loves you, Don. Pretty sweet. Yeah, that was sad. I guess Ginger, Tina Louise, is now the last surviving member, cast member, of Gilligan's Island. And if you didn't know, Don uh, passed away from complications due to COVID-19. And many other celebrities have confirmed that they have had or have the virus. Larry King may not surprise you. He's 87 years old. He's in that demographic where he's more susceptible to getting it. And this report that he is uh, battling with COVID-19 right now, according to Deadline. So I don't I don't have a lot of information on that. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. star Chloe Bennett says she was diagnosed with COVID-19 after she woke up on Christmas morning unable to breathe. She's 28 years old, which is a good reminder uh, that young people are not immune to the disease. You may not hear about it as much, but it can happen. Why gamble? Wear that mask, wash your hands, you know, social distance, and just be safe. 28 years old, she wakes up on Christmas morning unable to breathe. She said she had a high fever, got tested, positive for COVID-19. She adds that uh, multiple members of her family were also infected, and now they're battling it out together. In non-COVID news, Stephen King and his wife celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary. When asked what the secret is to a long marriage, Stephen said she's scared to leave me. No, he didn't say that. But it's Stephen King, so it sounds like something he might have said. What he did say was, it's been a hell of a good run and still going, sort of like the Energizer Bunny. And King's still cranking out those books, which uh, seem to be adapted and adapted again for film and television. Late night host James Corden says he's fed up with the way he looks and he's partnering with Weight Watchers. Oh, I'm sorry, WW, which I don't know if that should just be WW. The only That just makes me think of WW1 and WW2, which have nothing to do with losing weight. But, you know, UBU, former Weight Watchers. Anyway, he's partnering with them, so I'm sure you'll see a lot more of him and less of him at the same time on TV here in the next year. And I feel it, man. I don't like the way I look right now either. I dropped 66 pounds nearly three years ago, two and a half years ago. Managed to keep it off pretty much without any exercise. But I do tend to eat my emotions not kidding, a lot of people do. And clearly, I'm more anxious about the pandemic and things getting back to normal than even I realized because I've gained like, I don't know, 15 pounds, 20 pounds. Went to the doctor a month ago when I hopped on the scale and their scale is always the most punishing. Like whatever my scale says at home, it always seems to add a few extra pounds at the doctor's office. But I remember going, oh, that's less than I thought because I was scared to look. But nonetheless, the number has gone up and it needs to go back down. And a final entertainment news story for you. There's a new documentary series coming to Netflix tomorrow called The History of Swear Words. And if that's not enough to get you to watch, Nicolas Cage will be hosting it. And uh, Nick Offerman will be involved as well. And Jim Jeffries. So we're going to learn things about swearing that we never knew before. How fun is that? I'm in. So that's the Daily Dish for today. I do want to remind you to check out the Daily Detour YouTube channel. I just posted the entire interview with uh, Andrew Rivers and Corey Michaelis. Probably some stuff in there that didn't make the podcast. And if you missed those episodes, now you can watch the, the funniest parts all in one sitting and look at our ugly mugs at the same time. 
Also on YouTube, today's guest, Jimmy Pardo, and he has a thing called Jimmy's Records and Tapes. Jimmy used to work as a record rep. And so, you know, he's met a lot of those artists and he's really into music. And, you know, songs and albums are like time machines. Like as soon as the needle hits the record or the laser hits the CD or the whatever the MP3 does, as soon as you hear that song, you're transported back to a specific time and place, a memory. And he shares those on Jimmy's records and tapes. So if you're the nostalgic type, I think you'll really enjoy Jimmy's Records and Tapes Season 2, dropping for 2021 here. And with that, here is my interview with Jimmy Pardo from last year, recorded during the pandemic. Thanks to KZZU for letting me dip into my archives. And if memory serves, this was around the 4th of July. Oh, you know what? Dan, give me 10 seconds. To, I want to open up a window in here. Hang on, t- please. I, sorry about this. I don't have 10 seconds, Jimmy. Well, then fuck you. All right, hang on. <laughs> Yeah, we want the neighbors to hear this, so get that window open. There we go. All right. Now, why are you opening a window? Is your house as uh, sweltering as mine is right now? Do we not have good air conditioning, either one of us? You know what's interesting? We, we've somehow successfully avoided putting the air conditioning on, I think, for the bulk of this pandemic, even though like it's been hot, somehow our house is staying somewhat cool. I don't understand it. Oh, wow. Well, good for you. So I'm really just opening up the windows to get fresh air and uh, not suffocate myself. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, I mean, it's going to be, we're, apparently we're going to have some crazy breaking records heats over the weekend. So do you have a pool or access to one or? I don't know. Yeah. How about you? I do. It's oh, good the, for you. Well, I live in Spokane, so everything's cheaper here. And when we were buying, when we were looking for homes, I, I never dreamed that I'd be able to afford a house with a pool quite honestly right and we found this house and i'm a big kid and it had a pool and i think they used to have a swing set but they converted that area <laughs> into like a little putting green oh and, wow. and i'm just like this has to happen <laughs> yeah right well good for you how so, long have you been there uh like six years i want to say oh, wonderful yeah well well splash around get cool this weekend exactly yeah. although it's i mean you know what i like it like bath water temperature but you still cool off i mean it still feels good Right. So, uh, and I'm with you on that. By the way, I, I I also like a pool to not be cold, but and and still refreshing. Yeah. Well, last night I couldn't get out there till like eight o'clock at night, and it was cool out, but but it was great. You know, in uh, the water. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I, I in fact I just said this on the podcast yesterday that had I known March 13th that we would be still be in this thing. Oh yeah. Uh, in you know, come middle of July now, I probably would have gone out and gotten one of those above ground pools, even or just something to. Oh yeah. You know, be able to set up in the backyard. You know, they you know they're they're cheap now. They're they and they don't look awful and. Right. Well, there's still uh, time. Well, they're sold out everywhere. They're oh. sold out oh, everywhere. Wow. And if you want to get it, uh, people are selling them on eBay as if they were. You know, right. uh, Lysol in uh, April 1st. Right. Hey, I have a special bundle for you. It's hand sanitizer and uh, up above ground pool right. and uh, N95 mask. Did you do any of that? Did you look on eBay and stuff when that was happening? Like if you saw those bundles, like you just talk, spoke about, like people were spending like $500 to get two plastic containers of uh, wipes and uh, hand sanitizers. Like just make your own. Give it a break. Do something else. Why are you spending $500? That's crazy. Well, yeah, it is crazy to charge that, and it seemed crazy to hoard it, it, it with that intention, but now they seem like geniuses because I it know. has been going on forever. Yeah, you know, it's funny, uh, same deal as, you know, my wife and I, 
maybe the week before, maybe like the beginning of March before there was all the lockdowns and stuff. And there was talk of, you know what, maybe you should get some stuff. And so we went to Target and they had, you know, a gazillion bottles of Lysol or cans of Lysol. And I was like, we should get some of those. And my wife, Daniela, goes, well, we have some at home. We're fine. And then literally two weeks later, like, God damn it, we should have bought some of that Lysol. <laughs> you know, the weird yeah. thing, uh, the toilet paper was a big concern for people. Yes. And uh, we have a Costco membership, but I dread going to Costco. It's like, it's just people nipping at my heels with their carts and not, you know, there's zombies in there. They have great deals. And, you know, if you want to buy a pallet of anything, it's great to go there. But I just, I don't like going there. And right. We, and we never buy TP there. And for whatever reason, we bought like a gob of TP there just uh-huh. be- just before this all hit. And so we, we, we lucked out and dodged that uh, bullet, I guess. And and a bullet that, by the way, you know, if you go to the Target or Costco now, like, you know, there's there's the same amount of toilet paper that was there in January. Like, it's not a problem. Right. But for that little two weeks, man, everybody went crazy. Like, yeah. I, and I don't, yeah, I know every, there was a zillion memes about this and everybody thought about it. Like, it made no sense. Like, why, why yeah. are we scared about losing, to, missing out on toilet paper? It's like. Yeah, it'll be there next week if you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they and over here, I don't know about in California, but uh, for a while the stores were they took it off the shelves, and it's like ask at the counter. Oh my god! To prevent people from like because they only wanted they wanted to limit you to like two right two of that product. Interesting. They they did that with the Lysol, uh, but now Lysol you can't find it anywhere. The, the cans of uh, they did they did that for that like at the local CVS and stuff. But uh, Target just put up a sign saying you know. One for everybody. If you bring up two, you're not getting one of them. So don't even. Why bother? <laughs> oh my so, gosh! Yeah, it's nutty. I should introduce you. Uh, Go ahead. Properly here. Oh, are we in? Are we are we in and moving? Oh, oh yeah. I I hit record as soon as we had everything uh, settled there. Oh with, great. With okay. the audio, because you, you never know. Well, I think we know. You can start it now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jimmy Pardo. Which, by the way, the last time we talked, you let me because uh, you came to Spokane at the Spokane Comedy Club, and I got yep. to interview that. Or, interview you ahead of that really on the phone um but you let me call you pardo the whole time without inter- without correcting me aren't, aren't i a nice man you are a very nice man begs the question uh is don pardo was he mixed up was he confused about his own name well you just said it wrong again um and so now i will call you on it what what uh, I- you you did the you, you put you, you uh, pardo you said the pardo again well for don well, no, he's just he's Don Pardo. He's the same oh, as me. Why do we all get it wrong? Because I'm not the only person that gets this wrong, right? No, I'll tell you, my brother gets it wrong. <laughs> my brother says, hi, I'm Mike Pardo. And it's like, no, nope, nope. It's Pardo. It, go, it kind of goes down. Or it kind yeah. of just stays the same. It, uh, uh, you know, Pardo is French, would, would be more French, I would say. Okay. That's, oh, that's wild, though. I really thought he pronounced his name differently. Okay. Well... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he, uh, I'm Don Pardo. You know, it's like, yeah. it's right there. Yeah, you're right. All right. Well, yeah. anyway. Yeah, right, right. I've, I've had uh, decades to, uh, <laughs> to, 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 to obsess about this. I know you're right about your name, but you're right about him too. Yes, okay. Yeah. Anyway, Jimmy Pardo is a, a podcast pioneer, and I don't say that with any, I, like, I mean that. You really, you were in the game early, and you mm. were making money at it early, and self-sufficient and all that, so you, you get the title. And the podcast is Never Not Funny, and it is kind of like uh, our, our morning show here on ZZU in that you, I mean, you talk about your lives, but then you also just play games with each other and with your guests, and 
Uh, it's a lot of fun. You have a podcastathon that you do once a, once a year, I think. Uh, yeah, once a year. And that raises money for Smile Train. I do want to talk about that in yeah. a bit. Uh, Conan and Andy Richter love you. You were their warm-up comic forever, only on the uh, episodes with a good audience. That's exactly right. And once in a while, if you're binge-watching Monk, you're startled to see <laughs> Jimmy Pardo <laughs> pop up on your screen. Yes. Uh, Monk has become kind of like a... Um, uh, you know how The Office has had this weird resurgence where everybody's crazy about The Office again? Yeah. Uh, younger people are discovering it. Monk is kind of falling into that, too, during this uh, the last year where people are discovering Monk in a way they never have. And so, so many of my son's friends and their parents are like, were you on an episode of Monk? And <laughs> I, uh, I was like, yes. They're like, oh, we didn't know you were an actor. It's like, well, I was, I, well, I was on an episode of Monk. Let's, yeah. uh, I was uh, disappointed that you weren't the killer, though. It was, but by the way, did you see the, the young kid that was in that episode? Um, I forget his name, but he, he he's a huge star now. And I think that may have been like his first or second gig ever. It wasn't he went like under Ryan Gosling or something like that. No, it's no. the, uh, uh, he, he was on American Horror Story oh, and, a, and a bunch oh. of other stuff. Boy, he's, yeah, he's is a, he in the X-Men movie? Like, is he yes, uh, I, Quicksilver? I don't know his name, but I know exactly who you're talking about. I think he is. I don't, you know, yeah, but it was interesting because he was just this, you know, David Strathern was the, uh, spoiler alert if you haven't seen that episode of Monk from <laughs> 17 years ago. Um David Strather was the killer, and I forget how uh, I forget how this young man played into it. But he was—I was only on the set one day, and I—you know—I've got like five lines at the most, could be three. And um, uh, but my downtime was kind of spent with that kid, and he just was—he, I think, he knew me a little bit from stand-up, or maybe he was also nervous because he hadn't been on a set a lot. But he was uh, just the the nicest kid. And then it was like all of a sudden I see commercial for American Horror Story, I'm like, and yeah. then I saw other stuff, I'm like, Gee, hey, that's the kid that was. Uh, you know, uh, you know, shadowing me on the set of that thing, and uh, and and thought I was important. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, that and so if I'm thinking right, he's like the uh, usually he's kind of blondish or lighter colored hair, and he's got dark eyes, right? Yeah, that's him. You know, I'm I'm looking up American okay. Horror Story now <laughs> this because is it's very gonna, important. It's Above all else, me. you know what? I just put that in as my password to open my computer. I put in American Horror Story, and that's not going to help us at all. I do that too sometimes. Well, we're not bright men. That's yeah. what I learn. <laughs> uh, his name is Evan Peters. Evan, Evan Peters. Peters. Right on. And uh, and you made him what he is today. Well, I like to think I had a big <laughs> hand in it. Yeah, Dan. I would like to think that I had something to do with it. And then uh, to to your point of, uh, there he is. What a handsome kid. Boy, he's lucky I helped, this, helped him out. Uh, yeah, he was excellent. He was Quicksilver. You're exactly right, dude. Right on. Anyway, I'm uh, glad I can come on to promote uh, Evan uh, Peters' career. <laughs> very, 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 thanks for having me on, Dan. Hey, yep. Have a good afternoon. Yeah, and you know, American Horror Story, I loved the first season. I don't know if you watch it, and I'm sure it's I'm sure all the seasons are great, but I can only handle like like I just never got back in the mood to to keep going with it each year because while I love horror, I don't know that I need that steady of a diet of Dude, horror. You na- you nailed it because I too am a horror fan and not, I mean I'm not uh, obsessed with it like some other folks are, but I like the horror genre and I was like, "Oh, I'm going to love this American Horror Story." I think I only made it about five episodes and felt the same as you. Like, I don't need this. Uh, I don't need a steady diet of this. Right. Um, and I, I, that's not to say I didn't like the five episodes that I watched. Um, I just was like, yeah, I don't know, man. But this yeah. is, uh, uh, it was great. And everybody, oh, the cast was great. And certainly the Seven Peters was fantastic. But uh, yeah, agreed. And my, my wife and I watched the hip uh, serialized shows on Netflix or wherever. And they're, you know, they're usually somewhat dark. They can make you anxious, I feel. Yeah. 
Uh, and so that's how I found you on Monk is like we needed a palate cleanser. Okay. And there's nothing better, which you know, because I know you're kind of nostalgic and you go back and watch like Mannix or what, like all these old TV shows. There's nothing better than uh, you make fun of them, if you will. But there's nothing better than knowing, you know, there's going to be some stuff that happens in here, but it's not going to be too bad. And they're going to wrap it all up and we're going to feel good by the end of the hour. So that's, you know, that's you a- know what? Uh, I think I, I think that's why maybe Monk is making this resurgence. Uh, exactly what you just said about or like in my case, I watch. Mannix or Starsky and Hutch or yeah. you know Rockford Files or any of these uh, Kojak the old things um, and but if you think of like 2008 is when I did that Monk and that was at the towards the end of the of the run so like that's already 10 to 15 years old so that yeah. could be considered like let's let's revisit that for nostalgic reasons so maybe I'll do a deep dive on Monk next there you go and we were onto it I think we finished it or we're pretty close to finishing it pre-pandemic and I felt like it really prepared us <laughs> for, yeah because he, he's a, a germaphobe as part of right. his deal so yeah more with Jimmy Pardo on tomorrow's episode. He's a great guy. Also, if you're a Star Trek fan, you might be interested to know that Jimmy is married to Daniel Koenig, who is the daughter of Walter Koenig, who plays Chekhov on uh, all the early Star Treks and the Star Trek movies. Oh. Second fun fact, Jimmy not so into Star Trek. <laughs> so that part of it is kind of lost on him, which is probably a good thing, I guess. I don't think Walter Koenig probably wants a Trekkie as, as a son-in-law, bugging him all the time for trivia on the show. Just a hunch that he might be relieved he doesn't have to deal with that. You know, as long as we're talking about shows to binge on during the pandemic, which uh, is still going on, even though that took place in July, here we are again in uh, January. A few that my wife and I have enjoyed, uh, The Undoing on HBO, that's with uh, Hugh Grant and Nicole Kidman, kind of a a mystery thing. There's a theme in these. A lot of these are, are mystery thriller types. The Flight Attendant on HBO Max. That's with Kaylee Cuoco. A solid thriller, but also comedic. She kind of reminds me of Goldie Hawn when Goldie Hawn started doing movies like Bird on a Wire and Foul Play and all that. Because she's got the comedy down, clearly, because of uh, Big Bang Theory and all that. But it's nice to see her in a, in a dramatic role. She she experiences every emotion, pretty much, during The Flight Attendant. So, good for her. Perry Mason on HBO. Uh, almost didn't make the list. I think it's a good, solid show. Uh, it's kind of a slow burn, though. But if you can hang on, I think it's uh, rewarding, and I want to see more episodes of Perry Mason. Upload on Amazon Prime is a comedy. I guess it's a comedy drama, but mostly a comedy uh, about a guy who dies. Was he murdered? And in this futuristic world, you can have your soul basically uploaded to the Internet and choose where you want your afterlife to be spent. There are different levels to this virtual heaven and uh, the haves get to live in luxury, even in the afterlife and the have nots uh, get a more uh, basic version And then, again, there's the mystery because it's a young guy. Was it a car accident or was it murder? Solid show on Amazon Prime. Uh, The Capture on Peacock I really enjoyed. I don't know if this was made for the Peacock or just imported. There's a lot of British television or British actors on NBC's Peacock streaming service. But anyway, The Capture is a really good thriller that really plays to your fears and your paranoia about uh, privacy and the fact that there's cameras everywhere on every street corner and every store in your home that you put there, but maybe a hacker could get into them. And then combines that with the notion of deep fakes, because we've up to this point lived in a world where seeing is believing, right? And we're starting to move towards a world where maybe we shouldn't believe everything we see. So there's a murderer, there's a soldier who's a suspect, uh, not even a suspect because they have him on camera murdering this woman, but he says he didn't do it. Spoiler alert, he didn't do it. 
But that's not what the video shows. So super, super cool uh, and frightening show. And then Woke on Hulu, which is about a black cartoonist who, uh, for the first time in his life, really experiences a, a racist or racially motivated incident. And so suddenly he's woke to the world around him. He's now seeing the world in a way he never has before. And it's a comedy drama, and it's I think it's really good. And again, that's on Hulu. And again, Monk uh, is a good one if you're feeling nostalgic or you've never seen it. Highly recommend Psych, which is a comedy uh, cop show with an 80s uh, nostalgia bent. And then we've been watching one or two episodes of Bones just about every day, which is a fun cop show with a lot of humor in it as well. All right, I said earlier in the podcast that uh, I might tell you why I'm worried about this vaccine, you know, like it can't get here fast enough. And I don't know how much I want to say. I don't really talk about other people in my family very often, but um, Friday I almost didn't do the podcast because I was so upset. But, you know, the show must go on. But, you know, my dad has been uh, taking care of my mom for a long time now because she has Alzheimer's and dementia and just trying to keep her out of the nursing home. And, and he finally, uh, you just couldn't handle it anymore. And this is like, he's really dedicated his golden years to taking care of her. I mean, for years now and not wanting her to go into a nursing home. That's the last thing he wanted to see happen. And then it finally got too much. And so, you know, during a pandemic, when it's scary to do so, we had to put her in a nursing home. And so now you're just hoping that they do everything right. Uh, but we got word last week, late last week, that there was an outbreak of COVID at the nursing home that my mom is at. Supposedly not in an area that she's in, but I don't, you know, the ventilation is what it is. If it's the same building, I, I don't know how you don't breathe it in. So I'm honestly terrified about that notion. And it pisses me off, the idea that the, the vaccine is in town, but it's not being distributed quickly. And uh, breaks my heart also that, you know, had we kept her at home for another month or two, you know, she'd probably get the vaccine on the way in the door. And so I really share this for two reasons. One is please take COVID seriously and, and mask up and wash your hands and stay socially distant and avoid large gatherings and all that stuff. You know the drill. I mean, everyone knows the drill. But I also share it with you in case you're going through something similar. Uh, because it's scary, you know. Now now it just feels like uh, there's a, a countdown ticking away until my mom gets COVID. And I hope that doesn't happen because it's a lonely way to go, COVID-19. You know, we can't even visit my mom right now. So I know that's a bummer. On a, on a brighter note, a slightly brighter note, I had an old high school friend reach out to me on Facebook. Uh, we never talk, really, but he uh, knew that I no longer was working at KZZU. And he just wanted to check on uh, me and my family and see if we were okay. And I really appreciated it, which I told him. And that might have been weird for him, you know, to like, should I do this or should I not do this? I don't know. But do it. If you're, if you, if you're thinking of somebody, no matter how well you know them, but you feel like, you know, I care what's going on with them, reach out to them. I guarantee you it will be appreciated. You probably won't suddenly become drinking buddies or anything, but I guarantee you that they will appreciate it. And that's all I got for you today. Another episode tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening. You've been listening to The Daily Detour, a production of Basic Bits, LLC, hosted by Dan Roberts, music by Quickie, and I'm your announcer, Libet Wolf. New episodes drop Monday through Friday. Subscribe now so you never miss a moment. And we'll chat with you next time. Hey!